to introduce our main speaker for this evening, Larry Jose from Chula Vista. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Larry Jose, and I am an alcoholic. Uh, I see why they put you up here in the front. You look here, turn around, all of a sudden, see all you people, man. It's, reminds me of a, in the 70s, I used to do a little fighting, and I was going to fight in this, uh, I fought in this tournament in uh, Richmond, California. And uh, so I went down there, and uh, I was in the locker room changing, and then they called us out, and I, and I come down, and, and it's in Richmond, and I'm fighting a homeboy from there, and everybody's booing, boo, boo. And I climbed into the ring, and, and, and the place is all lit up. I could see everybody out there. And uh, the other guy came, and then all of a sudden, the other guy came. He got in the ring, and all of a sudden, all the lights went dead. And then the lights came up just on the ring. And I was standing in my corner. I looked across at this other guy at the other corner, and I thought to myself, what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> right? And that's just about how I feel right now. And... Uh, I'm glad to see so many empty seats, <laughs> especially over here in the front. And, uh, and, and the interpreter or the sign language guy, he didn't show up. Last time I, I spoke like this uh, at a meeting, uh, not wasn't the last time, but I spoke at a meeting when they had a, a, a sign person, and uh, it was somewhere up in Hollywood. And the uh, lady at Glee, could you slow it down a little bit? And I was like, I get nervous, man. I start talking really fast. Like Matt, he was nervous. He was talking really fast. So you'll see when I get, if I get nervous, I'll start talking. Then you'll know, well, this guy's nervous. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, let me get into this. My sobriety date is uh, February 4th, 1985. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, uh, my AA story really starts is when I had five years and because uh, I came through another program, uh, another 12-step program. And, uh, and back then, we used to say we were clean and sober, right? And, uh, and so what happened was that, uh, uh, you know, I was five years clean and sober in another fellowship, and I hit a bottom. And uh, basically what had happened was that uh, my wife had left me. You know, she left me. And... Uh, you know, and when, when uh, you know, I, I said, how could you? How could you do this? And she says, well, how about you in the first 10 years of our, our marriage? How about that? And I looked at her, and I stood there accused and guilty. And I thought to myself, why didn't I make that amends? And, uh, and we'll get into that. And I, I was at this hospital. I was at a Friday night meeting in Mount Diablo Hospital in Concord, California. That's where I got sober. And... Uh, and, and I went to this meeting, another 12-step meeting, and I went there. And you know how you always hear, never fails. Every time I go to a meeting, I always leave feeling better than when I walked in. I'm, I'm feeling terrible. I walk in a meeting, I leave, and I just feel so much better. Well, I had gotten to the point where I was feeling okay, and then when I get to the meeting, when I left, I was feeling worse. And, uh, and I, so I left this hospital I mean, I left this meeting, and I'm walking through this hospital, and I left the, I left the, um, um, the auditorium, and then, you know, I'm walking through, and I'm just kind of wandering, really. And I walked, through, I walked down, and they had this other meeting, an AA meeting, getting off of, uh, you know, it was ending, and these people were out in the hallway, you know, how, they, you know how we do outside, oh, talking and stuff. 
And I walked up to this guy that I met when I first started going to meetings. And uh, matter of fact, it was in that hospital when I met where I met this guy. They used to have a recovery unit. And, uh, and, and you know, this first meeting I went to, it was a Friday night meeting. And uh, so I went to that Friday. Well, let me finish this first story before I get into the second story. Right? So, so I walk up to this. I, I walk up to uh, Don, and, and, uh, and I says, uh, uh, hey, Don, how's it going? He looked at me, and he goes, uh, hey, Jose, how you doing? Right? I, you know, I said, my name is Larry Jose. When I first started going to meetings, they wanted to know, uh, introduce yourself by your first name. And I thought, Larry just don't sound tough. <laughs> right? So I used my last name. Right, Jose. Right, everybody. Everybody's scared of Jose. <laughs> Shit, you know. And if, you know what? When I went to this. <laughs> I went to this meet. I went to my first meet, man. I was dressed like Shaft, man. I had this black uh, turtleneck sweater, man. I had this brown leather coat, nice leather coat, man, with these zippers where you put your. I had fur-lined gloves in these two zippers, right? I had brown slacks. I was. I mean, I was. Color core. I was matching all the way down, man. I had my little pinky ring. I had my wedding ring. I had, I had my jewelry. I had my jewelry on, right? I had, <laughs> I had my ID bracelet, man. You know, gold filled. And I had my my pretend gold watch on, man. <laughs> Shit, I went in that meet, man, and I, and I was looking hard, man. Cause you know what? I, I when I was younger, I used to practice hard looks in the mirror, right? <laughs> you know, I'm sitting at meeting going. That's right. How about you dudes in the back? (laughs) God forbid you go, hey, man, what you looking at, dude? (laughs) I buckle like a belt, man. You know, it's it's like I'm I'm like the actor in the book, man. I'm always acting like, you know, like I'm really tough, man. You know, James Cagney, man, a little short dude, gangster dude, man. I'm a gangster without a gang, right? (laughs) Mobster without a mob, man. I want you to really think, man, oh, shit, don't look at him. Yeah. <laughs> I've been afraid all my life, but we'll get into that, too, hopefully, if i got enough time. But. So Don says, uh, Don says, how you doing, Jose? I looked at this dude, man, and I struck my pose, right? I put one foot in front of the other. I kind of leaned back, put my hand in my pocket, and I look at him, man. I go, that's cool. And he goes... And how's that lovely wife of yours doing? Man, I grabbed, oh, fuck that. That fucking bitch. (laughs) Sorry, Irene. Sorry, Lawrence. (laughs) And he couldn't believe it, man, because me and Irene, we were like the poster couple, right? I mean, when I I showed up at, you know, when I showed up in the program, we were already married 12 years. And, and five years had passed, and, and now here we are, five years, we got, we're married like 17 years. And he could, you know, whoa, you know. And then I'm telling him all the stuff that happened, oh, really fat. Oh, she did this, she did that, she moved out, she moved in with Marsha, man, oh, shit, she's going to get, I got to divorce her now, and she's going to get half the house, half my retirement, she don't deserve shit, man. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and Don, he's looking at me, he can't believe it, right? And he goes, and this guy, Don, let me tell you about this dude. He's an older guy, he's white, he's really tall, he's from Oklahoma, and he got a big old belt buckle, right? Yeah, big old belt buckle, right? You know, and I'm from Frisco, man, down there in uh, uh, Hunter's Point, Double Rock neighborhood, man, you know, and always completely different, right? And he looks at me, man, and he goes, 
selfishness and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our trouble. And I looked up at this tall dude and I went, you know, that's it. That's it, man. I'm, 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 I'm self-centered, man. All I can think about is myself. You know, I mean, this is how it got for me, man. And I didn't even notice. I had lapsed into, I had lapsed into a state of depression. I didn't even know it. I used to think back then in the 80s, people were showing up and they were talking about, wow, doctor, just, you know, depression. And then they get around to talk about the medication. I'd think to myself, ah, that's it. They just want medication. You know, why don't you just write a third, you know, just do a third step prayer, write an inventory. You'll be all right, right? And you know what? God has a way of giving me a little bit of something that I'm making fun of. Always, man. And so, and this is what it's like for me, man. It's like. I'm laying in bed, and I can go to sleep all right, right? I can go to sleep all right. I go to sleep about 10.30, you know. I wake up about 12.30, and it's like my mind is like a vulture sitting on my, the, the headboard, just looming, just sitting there. And as soon as I wake up, I look up, and the vulture says, I'm glad you're awake, Larry. We need to talk. And then it starts telling me, man, this, this, you know, and my mind starts hitting me like, well, she left, man, I mean. Yeah, but, you know, I'm telling my mind, yeah, but it was really my fault. Yeah, but still, man. This, you know, and, and then starts asking, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to have to divorce her. Yeah, but this is your, it's all your fault. And I said, well, I'm, I'm trying to make it right. Well, you got to, you know, and it's just, you know, and it's, you know, well, are you going to sell the house? And it goes on and on and on, on and on and on. And then finally, man, finally, you know, it's like, I'm answering these questions. My mind is hitting me these questions. I'm answering them, and then pretty soon it'll hit me with one day. I got to think a little bit, and I'm starting to think, and I go, all right, I got it, man. And I go up to tell with my answer, and all of a sudden, here comes another question. And I pause a little bit, and then another one, and another one. Now I'm three questions down, and, it, and I'm thinking, and I, yell, I go, shut the fuck up. And I sit there, and I look, man, and there's nobody in the room but me, and it's dark. That's scary, man. And if any of you guys know about that, there is a way out. I can tell you that much, man. So getting back to this Don Brown deal, he says selfishness and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our trouble. And I looked at this dude, and I started launching this real thing of how all I can think about is myself. And then he goes, driven by a hundred forms of fear. Now, nobody was saying this stuff at the other program that I was going to, man. All they would say is, oh, Jose, this too shall pass. You know, and after two months of this crap, I'm going, when, 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 when's it going to pass? Right? And this dude tells me, man, and then he looks at me and he says, there is a solution. Right? And I looked at this dude and he goes, he asked me something that nobody ever, about five years in this other program, nobody ever asked me this question. He says, Jose, what step are you on? Right? Over in this other program, all they say is, well, how much time do you have? Right? Well, how much time do you have? You know. And you ever notice you get in an argument with somebody, and then they start throwing their number around, and whoever got the most, whoever got the biggest number wins the argument, because they're the most rightest, because they know the most, because they've been here the longest? Yeah, okay. <laughs> You know, I had all these offices and these other programs. Every, you know what? Be, I've never lost an election. <laughs> right? I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't even have to make a speech, man. I don't even have to get into a debate or anything. I don't make, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's just everybody loves me, I guess, man. They go, 
hey, something needs to be done. We need a coffee maker. Well, I nominate Jose. I second that. All in favor, every hand goes up, man. GSR, boom, every hand goes up. Secretary, every hand goes up. We need somebody to run this dance committee, right? All the hands go up. How about Jose? Right? So um, five years of that. And this guy says, uh, what step are you on? And I, so I looked up at him and I said, well, I did an inventory and I shared it with Manuel and that's it. And he hit me with this here. Ah. Big white dude going to sit up there telling me, ah, what the hell you think? You know, I'm from Third Street, shit. Right? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I know about any of you guys, man, but I don't like ah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know something I don't. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so then he goes up. Then he looks at me and he tells me, he told me that, uh, uh, I mistook relief for recovery, right? And he said that uh, that I was blocked off. And I looked at him and he says, from the sunlight of the spirit. I never heard no words like that in this other program, right? And I'm looking at this dude, right? And then he says, and he starts just telling me that if I was to do four through nine, I would get unblocked and my life would get better. And he told me, he says, I can't guarantee that wife of yours is going to come back. He says, but I can't guarantee you this. No matter how it turns out, you'll be okay with it. Right? And, and uh, so I'll just tell you, last February, me and Irene celebrated 45 years of marriage. So, <laughs> and I did make amends to her. It took a while. I had about nine years, and we're getting ready to go to uh, 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 some engagement somewhere, some program thing, big thing they were having, Unity Day or something up in another town. And, uh, yeah, I was all dressed up real sharp, right? So I, I'm, in, I'm, in the, I'm in the uh, garage, and I went to go get something, and I looked in this door, and I saw my wedding ring. This one here I got on now, right? And I took it off in a, in a, in a, in a battle with her one time, and I took the ring off and went to give it to her. No, 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 I don't want it back. Fuck it, I never wear this ring the rest of my life. Fuck. And I went and I put it in that drawer, and I didn't wear it for four years. And then when I saw that ring, I went out there, and she was washing dishes. I said, I mean, and she turned around, she said, uh, yeah. And I says, uh, you know, I, when I need you to know that I'd been selfish, selfish, self-centered. I've been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened, inconsiderate, and for that I'm truly sorry. I took this ring off four years ago, and with your permission, I'd like to start wearing it again. And she's, <laughs> man, she was uh, washing dishes, she grabbed me, hugged me. Oh, man, of course you can start wearing your ring again, right? And I've worn it ever since, right? And so, um, I don't know, the program works. <laughs> so I started with this dude, right? I started with this dude, right? And so, so we started walking, we're talking, and we're in the hospital, right? And, they, and the announcement goes up. Visiting hours over in five minutes, right? So, so we start walking towards the door, and I'm walking with him, right? And, and I'm talking to him, and we get up to his Cadillac, right? And he gets, he gets on one end, and I get up to, in the other, right? He gets in, and he hits the thing. I get in, and boom, I'm sitting next to him, right? And I'm just sitting in his car. I, I ain't letting this dude go. <laughs> 
You know how it is, man, when you run into somebody, man, and you got something that's been bothering you. It's like, like a rash. Oh, I got a rash, man. I, I think it's cancer, man. It's, oh, shit, right? And then some guy goes, oh, no, it's just a rash. You just need some calamine lotion. It'll be all right. I mean, you don't want to let that guy go. Hey, well, tell me more about the rash, right? And so, and, and you know, and so I don't want to let this dude go, right? And so he's sitting in his car, and he looks at me like, you know, and I'm, I'm like looking at him like, you ain't going nowhere without me, dude. You know, I want you to keep talking to me. Keep telling me about, you know. And uh, he says, uh, where you parked at? And so I started looking around. And, and this hospital is kind of like Disneyland. You know, you park in Disneyland. They got acres around, surrounding this thing, a parking lot, man. I mean, and I'm way on the other side. So we got to drive. And he gets up there. And I'm not getting out of his car. Right? And then I, I says, well, what are you doing now? He says, well, I'm going to go home, right? And I says, hey, man, are you hungry? He says, no, not really. I said, I cooked up a bunch of chicken, man, fried chicken, you know, for, you know, me and Lawrence, right? And I says, uh, why don't you come to my house? And, and, and he, this guy, he, you know, he just, he knew, man. I, I guess he knew. Five years. See, when Don, we went in two directions, Right? Like I told you, he was in this unit and, unit, and the whole thing was 28 days. And when he got out, even though he kept coming back to this meeting from another program, he had gotten into the book, and he had gotten a guy to sponsor him that was a book guy, right? And so, uh, uh, now me, as I told you, man, I got into service, right? I got into activity. I didn't get into action. I got into activity. I didn't get into action. I got into motion. That's what this guy said the other day, motion. Right, motions ain't gonna keep you ain't gonna keep you sober through the long run. You know, motion is that's when your body is moving. Right, come here, sit down in the meeting, you get up and you go, but you don't take no action. Right, and the action is contained in the books. So he went to my house. Right, and and he and he uh, he says, uh, and I start telling this guy some really stuff about me that I never told the other guy that did this inventory with. I mean, I'm telling him some stuff about me. See, right now, when these guys go into the bathroom, I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm bombing. <laughs> right? They're leaving because I suck. <laughs> Selfish and self-centered. <laughs> I'm not self-centered. I'm well now. I mean, shit, there ain't self-centered bone in my body. So, uh, uh, so getting, back to, getting back to this. Uh, oh, yeah, so he comes there, and he, and he, he comes in my house with his briefcase. You know, briefcase, boom, he pops out his book, right? And then he starts showing me some stuff in the book, right? And he says, Jose, he says, I've known you, man, when you first started coming, right? He had a bracelet. I'm, we're sitting in the back of the room, right? I'm looking tough, and he's sitting there. He got a bracelet on. I'm new as hell, right? And uh, so he, we know each other. And we, over the years, five years, we bounced. We've seen each other around and stuff, right? And so uh, he says, uh, old Don says, uh, he, he starts opening his book, and he says, Jose, he says, I've known you, man. He says, I've even heard you speak at meetings. He says, there's no doubt in my mind you're powerless. Well, let me back up first. He says, he took me to page 60. And on page 60, it says, guy read it tonight. Our description of the alcoholic, our chapter to the agnostic, our personal ventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he was sought. Now, all the rest of you people, not these people in the front, but are you guys familiar with the next sentence in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous? It says, being convinced, you are now at step three, right? And this man started to explain to me that when this book was 
first came out for distribution in 1939, that this book, like, if, like if, when it got to San Diego, you start to read this book, you say, wow, this is good shit, man. I think I'm going to find a meeting. Get me a sponsor. Got news for you, man. When that book went on distribution, there's only two meetings. One in Akron and one in New York. So if you're in San Diego and go, oh, shit, right? And say, hey, man, you, you, you phone up the, 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 the service in New York. Oh, hey, uh, who am I talking with? Uh, Bill Wilson. Hey, well, hey, Bill, I just read your book, man. I really like it, man. Where can I meet other people and, and, and go to a meeting? Oh, uh, where you at? So, I'm in San Diego. He says, well, you're in luck. Closest meeting to you is Akron, Ohio, <laughs> right? Wednesday night. He said, well, holy shit, what am I going to do now? He says, well, why don't you read uh, Working With Others and A Vision For You, right? And, I, and what's your address? I'll send you a letter, give you some direction, right? So what point I'm trying to make is there are no sponsors, right? There's nobody, there's nobody man, that's going to sit up here and say, hey, could you sponsor me? Yeah, and explain all this to you, man. It's just you and this book, right? So people got this book in San Diego. They read this book, and here we are, bang, bang. Right? I don't even know how many meetings there are in this area. But look how, look how we've just grown. Look how we've just grown. Just from the power of this book. And then he, t- and then, you know, he jumped around and, well, let me finish that one thing about ABC being convinced. He, says, he explained to me, he says, when you're convinced of A, B, and C, this book, this book, not me, not the secretary, not the leader of the meeting, not the speaker, but this book tells you that you're on step three. I said, oh, okay, all right. And then, he, and then he let me off the hook. He says, ah, I know you've been around a long time. I've heard you speak. I know you're powerless. I've heard your story many times. I know you believe in God. He says, so you want to do this third step prayer? So, man, man, boom, we hit. We got down on my knees right in my house, man. We did a th- I did a third step prayer with him. Right? I did a third step prayer. Then he showed me how to write an inventory. He's, a, he's an old Joe and Charlie guy. He used to work on, uh, whenever Joe and Charlie went around, came around, he always worked on the committees and set up the hospitals and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of guys around here think, oh, well, Joe and Charlie, they have the inventory, the checklists and stuff. But you can say what you want and think about what you want. It might You might have failed on it, too, and you might not get too far. But I'm here to tell you, man, I got 33 years, started doing it at five. Something's working. Something's working. Um, so... Then he started taking me around and through this book, and he showed me, he says, uh, okay, let me show you. He took me to the doctor's opinion, and the doctor's opinion starts off, man. He says, the reader will be interested. He says, we have Alcoholics Anonymous, Martin. Well, that's another part. He says, but they identify themselves as we have Alcoholics Anonymous, believe that the reader will be interested in the medical estimate of the plan of recovery described in this book. And every time he said this book, he always padded the pages. This book, this book, right? So I, I said, wow, all right, all right. And he says, Jose, you can hear anything in the meetings. You hear all kinds of stuff in the meetings. He says, fake it till you make it. He, this guy told me, he says, if you read the first 164 pages, you don't have to fake it. You know exactly how it's done. Now, I've had some people, I've shared that at some meetings, and then some guy waits till the end. Anybody got a burning desire? Yeah, I got a burning desire. I faked it till I made it to nine months, two years, and I just saved my life. And I'm thinking, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Ah, you'll hear anything in the meeting. Right? You hear anything in the meeting. Not every time, you know, I sponsored a lot of guys. 
Oh, the hell with it. I'll give you my number. I sponsored over 100 guys. I've heard at least 80 inventories, all from the stuff that this guy showed me, right? And the attitude, man. I took the attitude these, these, these first 100 people did, man. If you ever read uh, uh, Working With Others, man, you know what amazes me is to what effort these people put into helping other folks. Every time a guy comes up and asks me, oh, I need a sponsor, I always tell him, man, he said, well, that depends. He's, oh, do you sponsor people? Yeah. Yeah, I sponsor people. He says, well, will you sponsor me? Well, that depends. They look at me like, depends on what? <laughs> it depends. And I says, are you willing to go to any lengths? Right? As soon as the guy says, yeah, I'm ready to go to any lengths. I said, okay, good. I said, I want you to remember this because I might have to tell you and remind you about this. You don't want to told me you're willing to go to any lengths. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I always tell him, listen, man. Cause, and one, a couple of guys over the last, because I started sponsoring when I, well, I started sponsoring successfully when I got to about seven years. And like Matt said, when I consider it successfully is when I heard another man's inventory, right? Because the 12 by 12 says that, uh, was it 12 by 12 say something like that? Like, um, until we, until you have spoken with another person with, in, or another man in complete candor and had them do the same with us, we still did not belong, right? We still did not belong. Now, either Bill either meant that when he wrote it, or what? I think he meant it. I think he meant it. What he's talking about, what Don told me, he says he's talking about the sunlight of the spirit. Right? That he writes about in a vision for you when he ends it. You'll surely meet some of us. Right? In the sunlight of, or, or, or fellowship of the spirit. That's what he calls it. The fellowship of the spirit. Right? He says there's a, there's a fellowship of the people around here and you're a member when you say you are. But if you want to join the fellowship of the, uh, of the Spirit, man, it's going to take a lot of effort. And this is what I do. When that guy asks me something, I always say, let me have your phone number. Right? You can call. You can ask any guy of them 100 guys who call who. Right? I call them. They don't call me. They say, hey, should I call you for 30 days and check in? What for? I said, that's my job. I'm going to check on you. You don't have to phone me. Right? I'm going to phone you. <laughs> and you can ask any one of them, man. I got their names and numbers in my book or in my phone, right? They always look at me. And some people, I'll tell the old companies, go, oh, well, like my wife used to say, well, you baby these guys, right? I baby these guys. That's why I got so much numbers. He says, well, you coddle these guys. You carry them along and stuff like that. And I think to myself, who called who? Did, Ebby, did Bill call Ebby? Hey, dude, I heard you sober, man. Could you help me? No. You guys heard, you guys all read uh, Bill's story, right? His childhood friend. He got a phone call one morning from his childhood friend. You sober. sober, right? How about Akron, Ohio, when Bill went there and his, and his business deal failed and he's walking around, he's walking around, and he could hear all these people laughing and joking in the bar. And he thinks to himself, well, maybe I can go in there, strike up an acquaintance, because he's lonely. Everybody he came there with left. Okay, you stay here and mop things up. He broke, he ain't got no money. Right? And he's like, oh, man, he's a drink sound good. And he thinks to himself, maybe I could just have one, maybe two cocktails. Right? And finally he says, fear gripped him. Right? Fear gripped him, man. Fear had gripped him, man. He knew, man. He knew. And then he thought, and then one of the thoughts he had, and this is really unusual for an alcoholic, he says, what about those other alcoholics? They're not going to hear the message. Right? Now, that's unusual for an alcoholic, right? Selfish and self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our trouble. How do we get past that to, what about all these other people? Right? What about all these other people? 
That's a hell of a stretch for an alcoholic. Don't give a shit about you. Right? All of a sudden, come here, man. Practice these principles and all his affairs. Gets this book, reads it, has somebody take him to the thing. And all of a sudden, man, he thinks about you. Wakes up in the morning. Thinks to himself, how am I going to get this guy to finish his four step? <laughs> and you guys got that problem, man? Got some guy that's a You know, he's just... Hey, you know, I'd run into these guys. Hey, hey, homeboy, how's that inventory? Oh, it's coming. Yeah, okay. Two weeks later, hey, homeboy, how's that inventory coming? Oh, it's coming. It's coming, Jose. It's coming. Right? And the next time I see him, how's it coming? I say, hey, wait a minute, man. Where are you exactly? Exactly, man. I want to know exactly where you're at, man. Sexual conduct? No. Fears? No. Resentments? No. And I says, well, let's talk about your resentments. Man, Have you listened to people, uh, how you were affected? No. What they did? No. Have you got any names on the paper? <laughs> yeah, and I always tell these guys, hey, you know what? You're stuck. Come on over to the house. They come over to the house. I can't begin to tell you how many people wrote their inventory at my dining room table. That's why my wife says I coddle them, man. She comes out the bedroom and here's some guy sitting there right now. <laughs> I thought we were going to watch TV tonight. So, <laughs> ah, let me see. So where was I at? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this program. I really do, man. You know, how, how, how Matt talked about it brought purpose to his life. It brought purpose to me. It really did. You know what? I, I've hardly had any service commitments since I've gotten into sponsorship. All my, most of my sponsorship, I did do a, I did do a H and I. Uh, I brought a meeting into. Uh, uh, that's another good story. I'll probably tell it. It's a South Bay. Uh, uh, South, what's it called? South Bay Detention Facility. Anybody been there? Any alumnus? South Bay Detention. Hey, goes. Hey, goes. You know what? I went to the H&I, I went to the H&I meeting that they have up there at that union hall, right? And, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm Chula Vista, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this thing, man, and I'm thinking, Chula Vista, okay, this is right here. And the guy that told me to do this, and, and I'll get into why he told me to do this, he told me, make sure you go into a lock-up facility, right? And so I, I went to ask him, because like, I didn't know, don't see. So I went to the guy, I said, well, what's, this, what's this detention facility? And he goes, it's a jail. I says, oh. He says, yeah, it's the Chula, you know, it's a fancy name for the Chula Vista jail. Really, that's what it is. South Bay Detention Facility. And so, and it was a jail. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? <clears throat> so I went through the steps with Don and a couple of years, and he used to do these book studies, man, all over the, all over the Bay Area. And, you know, imagine it, every town in the Bay Area, they have, a, uh, they have like a, 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 almost every town has a, a Lano club. Or they got some place, and they get Don to come on and do his book studies. He'd do these book studies. They were seven weeks. Seven-week book study, right? Two hours, Tuesday nights. And he'd sit there, and he'd take you all the way from uh, um, the, uh, uh, no, no, you know, uh, forward to the first edition. He'd take you from the forward to the first edition all the way to up to uh, working with others. And then he'd jump over. You know, the uh, Al-Anon stuff, family after, to the wives and the employers and all that. And then he'd go to a vision for you. And he'd do all this in seven weeks. He'd do all this in seven weeks. And he was booked for like year, a whole year at a time. And when he would go around, every time he would come back, 
close to uh, Contra Costa County where we lived, I would go to the meetings. And then he had a special group at his house that he used to do on Tuesdays. This dude did not lots of books. As a matter of fact, he told me one time, I got to quit doing these book studies because I'm, I'm getting to think that, that this is the meeting. This is the meeting. This dude told me one time, he says, Jose, why do you go to meetings? And I'm looking at this dude and I'm going, and I want to come up with something because I don't want to say, well, you know, man, what's her name? It's pretty fine. <laughs> right? And, 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 and Brenda, man, these high heels she wears and, and the way she paints her toenails, oh, man, just mesmerizes my ass, right? And I don't want to tell him that. Right, and so then he and this dude, man, he's he's like he's like he's like Bill, you know, if you haven't got this yet, man, he's just like Bill Wilson, man. Bill Wilson, right? The way he writes, if you never notice, he asks a lot of questions, man. You start looking at your book real close, he asks a lot of questions, right? We needed to ask ourselves, but one question: Do I now believe, or am I willing to believe it? And he always gives you the answer. He always gives you the answer right after that. You don't have to go, man, read two pages, and all of a sudden, there's your answer, and you got to, where was it? I don't, you know. This dude directly, he just gives you the answer. Gives you the answer, right? And that's how my sponsor does, right? So I'm standing there trying to, he could tell, man, that I want to come up with something profound and I can't. And then he says, whether you realize it or not, Jose, we go to the meetings. Is at the meetings where we practice the 12th step. He says, the new people come to the meetings looking for us and we go there looking for them, right? Because he's old school. He's on the hunt. He's on the prowl. Right, he's on the hunt. He's on the prowl, man. He knows, man, that 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 nothing so much will ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. Right, this is our twelfth suggestion. Right, this is our twelfth suggestion because you can help when somebody else can't. Right, and so now let's see what should I talk about. Okay, in uh, 1996, 1996. Uh, they had, oh, I got 10 minutes. Okay, 1996. I, I, I haven't even got to the part where I could tell you what it was like. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 10 minutes. What am I going to do with 10 minutes? So, in 96, I moved down here. Right? Huh? I only got 10 minutes, yeah. So, in 96, I moved down here because uh, uh, they, I worked for the Navy. And they, they closed uh, Alameda Naval Air Station, right? I, I, what I did, I worked on ships. So when they closed that, they offered me a position down here at um, 32nd Street, right? And it was in ship repair, right? I, I, what we did was we administered contracts on Navy ships, right, how to fix them, right? So, um, so uh, uh, I said, okay, it sounded like a good, and they're going to give a promotion, you know, I said, oh, another promotion? Because that's one thing I started getting. When, once I got clean, my first promotion I got was at six months. Uh, when I came to the program, man, I was a facilities inspector, man. And, and, and I started off as an apprentice machinist on the ship, right? And uh, so I wound up, right, graduated to be a facilities inspector. So I said, oh, so I used to go around with a clipboard, right? And I, like I'd, and I worked at the Oakland Navy Supply Center. So I go into this place. I go into this big-ass warehouse, and there ain't a whole lot of mechanical systems to check except for the bathrooms. So I go into the bathroom, and I go in there, and the guy says, how do you expect a ba- the toilet? How do you expect to inspect a toilet? He goes, well, you flush it, right? And, and they got this flushometer, right? And so it flushes, and then if it stops, that's sap. Bang, give a check. Satis- satisfactory, boom, right? And if it keeps running, oh, that's unsat. We got to fix that, right? You put unsat. I said, well, what about the, what about the seat 
in the door. He says, don't worry about that. That's the carpenter, right? So, <laughs> so they offer me this job down here, and they're going to give me this promotion. I used to always think to myself, only kiss asses get promotions, right? That's what's the matter. That's why I don't get no promotions, because I ain't kissing nobody's ass, right? Remember Jose? That's right. I don't kiss nobody's ass. I found out one thing, man. Promotions are given to people because they're willing to accept more responsibility. That's why they get extra money. So, well, so I moved down here, and uh, and I told the wife, "Hey, you stay back." And so they offered me this job like in July. Okay, when do I start? And they go August first. Holy shit! Right. So I go home. I tell Irene. She says, "Well, what do you want? We talk about a little bit. I prayed a little bit, and." uh, Talked to a lot of people, my sponsor and stuff like that. We even did an inventory, pros and cons. We just did a pros and cons. What was good about it, what was bad about it, and everything said go, man. We went down there. It took 18 months to sell that house, and I was stuck down here, man. And I was just, oh, man. I fell into another. That was my second depression. First one was five years when the wife left. The second one, we were separated, but not through any problems or troubles, man. Just, the, you know, the way things turned out. And, uh, and I lapsed into a state of depression. Man, I felt really bad. Man, I was real bad. And so I dove into sponsorship. I'm sponsoring this one guy. I go over his house to show him how to uh, do a 10-step. And I couldn't think for nothing, man. I, this, this, this depression sucked, man. It's, uh, the vulture came back. And uh, I hung in it, man. That depression lasted about a year and a half. Then the house, the house sold. I went up there. We had a gang of money. We bought a brand new truck. We moved down here. And they said, they told us, they said, you know, I, I drove down here Sunday night. The next day they were going to bring, we had a little place in, uh, close to IB. And uh, it was a little cottage in the back of another house. Really nice, nice and private and stuff. And so we rolled up there. And my, uh, Irene said, just drop me off here. I'll, I'll meet the truck. And, and you just go to work. So I went to work. And I came home. I came in the house. All the furniture was in place. She was cooking, man, and just, I could smell them pork chops, man, out in the, when I parked the car, man. I come in, man, all of a sudden, boom, depression was gone. <laughs> I spent so much time praying and praying. You know, it's always, every time I go through something, I go through something heavy, man, the, the one thing always goes through my head, God could and would if he was sought. So what's my job? Start seeking. So... You remember Matt told you that when I went up to, I went up to the ranch. When Lawrence went to the ranch, that's my son Lawrence, his friend that he talked about. When my son went up to the ranch, you know, it's like, even when he was little, man, he was born premature. And uh, me and the wife, we'd go visit him, right? And he was in this incubator, right? And we'd leave this incubator like 11 o'clock at night. And we'd go, and, or 10 o'clock at night in Frisco, right? And we'd go get something to eat. We'd walk out, and my wife would say, oh, I miss Lawrence. And i go, let's go see him. Boom, we go up there, right? And it was the same thing, man, when he wound up in that place, man. It's like, I got to go see this guy. And I'm all the way to Chula Vista, 63 miles all the way out to the ranch, man. I went three, four times a week. Three, nine, three, three times a week for sure, and then four in case somebody like Matt said, I'm ready to do a third step. I did the reading. I'm ready to go. I'm convinced. And then I would go up there. I would say, okay, I'll, I'll see you on Wednesday. I'll get up there early, right? So 
I went up there, right? And, and we were sitting there. When the first time me and Irene went, I think he checked in on a Thursday. And we went on a, a Saturday or a Sunday. Well, she worked on Saturday, so we went on Sunday. And so they had their meeting. They go, oh, would any people in the back where the visitors sit, would they like to speak? And Irene starts giving me this nudge, right? Go up there, go up there, right? And she's giving me this nudge, and I'm, I'm looking at her, you know. And, and she almost knocks me off the, off the chair. Go up, go up there, man. She was, I get up, I said, okay, I'll get up there and speak. I got up there, and I sat there. And it was much like here, man. I get up there, except it's all guys, right? And with with the, like you said, all the tattoos on their heads and shit, right? And uh, not all of them, man. I don't want you to think every one of them got SS on the side of their head, right? <laughs> but I stood up there and I looked, man. I thought, shit, I only got about a couple minutes. So I, feel, I boom, I hit him with, you know, well, this is what was, you know, towards the end, right? Oh, well, towards the end, you know, you ever notice towards the end, that's when, you know, that's when the big stories come out, well, towards the end, right? And towards the end, this is what I would do. I would, I would go into, uh, I would go into my bedroom, and, uh, you know, the book talks about the real alcoholic, right? This real alcoholic, he's got drinks liquor, and he takes high-powered sedatives, right? I don't know about any of you guys, but I love high-powered sedatives. And I got a, I got a sponsor... <laughs> Matter of fact, it kind of be hard to choose, man. Do I really got to choose? I'll take them both, right? And and but you know, and I got a sponsor that always talks about high-powered. What's it called? Stimulants. Stimulants. Yeah. Oh, now we talking high-powered stimulants, right? And I love high-powered stimulants, right? So I get up in these high-powered stimulants, and all of a sudden I get these ideas, right? And I was, I was at uh, Ace Hardware, man. Ace Hardware is like my toys for us, right? Toys are us, right? So I'm sitting there browsing. I'm, I go through looking at shit, man. I always look at something and say, how can I use this? And my mind's just wandering. How am I going to use this? And I, and I come across a bathroom lock, right? And I said, man, I wonder if this will work on my bedroom door. Because Lawrence was little then, right? He was only seven years old. Well, actually, when all this was going on, man, he's probably about six, right? Or seven. And he get real excited. Him and his sister. His sister's a couple years older, man, four years older. They get excited. Oh, Dad, come look at this, right? And they barge into the room, man. I'm sitting there doing some crazy-ass shit, right? And I, man, I can't have this, right? So I put that bathroom lock, and it's, it's okay. I locked it. I, hey, Lawrence, come check this. You know, I work for the Navy, so we always do an operational test on the equipment, right? Hey, I'm doing op test. Hey, Lawrence, come here. He comes and says, oh, I can't. It's, it's locked. I'm thinking, sad. <laughs> satisfactory, right? It's satisfactory. So... So, so I go in there. I go in there Friday, right? I go in there Friday night when I go. Uh, actually, uh, you know, I'm lying. I really, I like to start a little early. How much I got now? Two minutes. It ain't gonna take that long. So, uh, so I thought to myself, man, I, I just have a hard time, man, I, making it to work on. I thought, well, maybe I should start on Thursday instead of Friday, right? And then Thursday will give me extra time, right? And that's not extra time to stop. That's extra time to use. And so, uh, so I go into my bedroom. I lock the door, I go into my bedroom, and I sit on the edge of my bed, right? And I got me a, a, a nightstand. And on my nightstand, I got a, a, a little bag of high-powered sedatives, a piece of aluminum foil, rolled-up dollar bill, a pack of Salem cigarettes, two cold beers, and a stack of some really sleazy adult magazines, right? I mean, I'm talking $12, $13 books. Right. Hey, no, no interviews, no advertisements. <laughs> right. So, so I would sit on the edge of my bed, right? And this, uh, 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 and this brother from Richmond taught me how to do this, right? He says, you put a little bit of this 
this this uh, high powered sedatives on this aluminum foil. Put a match underneath. Put the straw. Put put the dollar in your mouth. Go suck it. He said, and hold your breath as long as you can. And I failed to tell him, hey, look, man, I'm an alcoholic. You tell me to hold my breath. I, I ain't gonna breathe. That's just it, right? So. I, I looked in the mirror one time and I noticed some smoke coming out my nostrils. I'm going, <laughs> finally, finally, oh, I'm like, oh, oh, shit. Take a sip of cold beer, light up one of them Salem's, turn the page, get a couple strokes and peek out the window. <laughs> and if I run into you a Monday at work and you go, oh, hey, Jose, what'd you do this week? And you know what I'm going to tell you? I was partying. I was partying, right? Partying. I told that story one time in a meeting, man, uh, back home. And, and, and a guy come out to me and goes, hey, Jose. I said, yeah, man. He goes, you know that? Not really a party. And I said, it wasn't. He goes, he goes no, not really. I said, why not? He said, well, all, thing, all parties got something in common. I said, like what? He said, well, like guests. <laughs> right? Like guests. And I, I looked at him, right? And I thought, well, you know, the wife's there. And then when my son got, <laughs> my son told me, Wives and girlfriends don't count. Those are hostages. Right? I told that meeting. I told that story another time in uh, 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 in San Francisco. Right, the sponsor asked me, hey, "Could you come tell your story?" And so I told that. I used to start off with that story, right, and then and then and then I get to the end of how it was, and I tell that story. And some people came after and said, man, your sponsor is glorifying drinking and using. And he came up to me feeling like, hey, man, this guy says you're glorifying it. I said, really? He says, yeah. And Well, I didn't know uh, isolation, masturbation, and pornography was glorious in San Francisco. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have told that story, man. So... So if any of you guys going to, going to tell Brian, golly, Brian, that guy, man, he's just glorifying that, you know, that, you know. Another guy came up, man, he told another sponsor, I told someplace else, and he says, uh, he, he, you know, my guy tells him, it's Mark Mulsey, he says, yeah, he's bragging. He says, I got Larry Jose. Oh, man, Larry Jose, he made me use. How the hell did he do that, right? He says, well, I heard him tell his story, and, and right after, man, I went and got some stuff and some books and went in his room. And then some guy came and told me, right, like it's my damn fault. Right? So this guy told me, he says, yeah, man, like I got to change my story around. You know, my story's my story. I can't get a new one, right? I mean, you know. So he tells me that. And I, I, I looked at the student. I said, I didn't make that guy do that. And he said, no. I said, no. I said, you know why he did that? And he says, why? I said, because he wanted to get loaded. Right? He wanted to get loaded. Ain't nothing I could say. There's nothing I could say that's going to make any of you guys stop tonight. You're going to leave and say, oh, man, that guy was fantastic. I'll never drink the rest of my life. Right? And then when you get your 10-year cake, you can say, I'd like to thank Larry Jose because I heard him 10 years ago. Right? Ain't nothing I could say. Ain't nothing I could say, man, help you people. Right? Nothing I could say, man. The best I can do is you sitting there at the, end, at the end of my talk, you might leave here thinking, it wasn't that bad. I think I'll come back. Thank you.